0: Hello and welcome to A Couple of
1: Goons. I am Walt Hickey. Joining me as always is Neil Payne. Neil Payne, how are you? I'm great. And uh, we're doing this on our usual semi-annual posting (laughs) uh, schedule as as someone in our uh, (laughs) iTunes uh, or whatever uh, reviews called it. So, you know, I'm glad we could uphold that. This is, in fact, actually, this is, yeah, this is the third episode. We were talking about this in the pre-show. Third episode of the season. I feel yeah. like that does that qualify as that that's uh, goes yeah. above annual, right and it
0: goes above semi annual. I also would argue that we're predominantly a hockey playoffs podcast that these mm. are kind of the preseason for the season you know we really yeah, shine on the we've playoffs. been
1: we're like n b a players now we've been load managing yeah, throughout exactly. the regular season in preparation for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you don't want us to be like tired and bronchitis and all that kind of stuff in the playoffs. You want to see us nice, frosty, and talking uh, about a constant allusion to a Wayne Gretzky miniseries that may or may not happen this summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the summer wall. This is the one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, no, we're back. Uh, we've obviously got only a few more games until uh, the playoffs, which is very exciting. So the the pictures kind of pretty much set. I guess we'll kind of kick this off as always, which is in, in lieu of team of the week, it'll probably be team of the by month uh, But who's been really <laughs> oh, getting on your attention these
1: days? Uh, who's Who's been surprising you? Oh, man. Well, yeah, m- most of the playoff uh, picture is clear. If you look at the 538 uh, playoff odds, you'll see that 12 uh, playoff spots have either like been locked up or they're at uh, de facto 100% i guess you could call it greater than 99% that's how we mm. that's how we do it cuz you don't want to be out there on an island saying it's a 100% and then have that come back you know some crazy thing happen to you um but i do think you know those are the 12 the 12 teams are at the greater than 99 level and then another one the Seattle Kraken which is a great story that we should talk about yeah. 90 91% so feeling good about them to make the playoffs as well for the first time in franchise history history really only the second year of the franchise (laughs) but but hey man Vegas just totally blew our expectations so we're like hey you're a little behind schedule uh, Seattle and then yeah there's some interesting like teams that are in that 60% range, including uh, one of the teams that we definitely talked about earlier in the season, but um, I think they've been doing pretty decently recent uh, in their recent form, which is the, the Florida Panthers uh, a team that they've, they have a 61% winning percentage in the second half after only being at 44% in the first half. And one of those teams that I think we we identified like this weird triad of teams between Florida, Calgary, and Columbus that, like, all just basically took their stars and put them in, like, a, you know, hat and shuffled around the name and then, you know, picked it out. It's like, Johnny Goodrow, you're in Columbus now. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, you're in Florida. And uh, for one of those teams – so, obviously, for Columbus – it hasn't worked out, and they're you know going for Connor Bedard. Have we talked about Connor Bedard yet? We should talk about him at some point because he's the, that's a uh, good
0: hockey name. First that's of all, a really yeah, good any, hockey
1: name. Anyone named Connor, Connor. is automatically going to be good at hockey. If you name your kid, yeah. If you name your kid Connor, but Connor Bedard, no, he is the guy that's uh, like he's the LeBron. You know, like they're tanking for for Connor in a way that I feel like they haven't done since um, the last Connor, Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, in the mid twenty tens, uh, and they're doing a goner for Connor. They're, yeah, they're goners yeah. for Connor. <laughs> yes. Exactly, that's what they call it. How did you know? Uh, but Off the uh, yeah, that's really the the this, this situation that Columbus is in where they're, they're tanking and um, Calgary, their, their playoff odds are not looking that hot right about now, which is really depressing because they had been one of the interesting stories last year. And I thought maybe they would pull it together in the second half this year. They've actually been worse in the second half than they were in the first half. And it looks like, you know, Probably not going to make the playoffs, but Florida is interesting because they have made that push, and now they have a um, they have a sixty four percent chance, which puts them right in that mix for that extra wild card um, in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, where yeah, they're not going to win their division, but you you they're in that mix with the Islanders, the Penguins. Probably not the Capitals. They have a, uh, a a low chance of making the playoffs. They have a three percent chance, uh, which is going to be weird not seeing Alex Ovechkin in the playoffs. Um, the usually we see the Capitals as being a um, a favorite, if uh, if not just a you know regular contender. It's
0: Terrifying for decades, honestly. Like even I know that. Like
1: yeah, well, I mean, you know, they had that reputation for being one of the best regular season teams that didn't get it done in the playoffs. Then they had the reputation for just like running into Pittsburgh every single year and losing head to head against Pittsburgh. And then they finally had their breakthrough. They win the cup uh, and they had been, you know, a good, solid, decent team these past few years uh, in, you know, not an easy out from the playoffs. So now, you know, they were a little bit of a, they tried to straddle being a buyer and a seller at the mm. at the trade deadline. Ovi's not getting any younger. They're, I think they're the oldest team in the league. So I'm going to be curious what they do to try to – it seems like they're going to try to retool on the fly uh, and, and not exactly um, rebuild because like Ovechkin – he, you, you really want to keep him for that pursuit of Gretzky's record. You want him to be on your roster for that so you can kind of scoop up the ticket sales uh, oh, yeah. for that. Um, and, and yeah, but otherwise I don't know necessarily what their path forward is, but um, Florida is clear of them in the, in the wild card race. And now they're just sort of hunting down the Islanders and the Penguins. And if the Penguins don't make it, which – they still have a a decent shot at it, 62%, but I think it's been, I think you'd have to go back to Ovechkin and Crosby's rookie years. I could be wrong about this, but I think you'd have to go back uh, to like 2006 or so to find a year in which both Ovechkin and Crosby both missed the playoffs in the same year. It's just kind of unheard of that both those guys would be out of the playoffs. And again, the Penguins, you know, they're they're more likely to make the playoffs um, than not, but at the same time, between that group of the Islanders and the Panthers and the Penguins the Islanders and Panthers have higher playoff odds uh 65% and 64% than the Penguins do so it's kind of an interesting race for that last spot in the or last couple of spots in the in the east right yeah. now so that's that's on my mind it was cool because
0: it like it's like you have on this ranking you know there's four teams with about a 60% chance of getting in but only three of them can get
1: in so yes. That's well, yeah, and fun. that's where like you add up, you know, those odds um, and you're like, well, technically, yeah, like it's, that, <laughs> it's a weird paradox, right? Like yeah. uh, uh, you, you have the three teams that are at like 60 to 65% and you look – if you looked at that and you were a fan, you would say 65%. That sounds good. Like, I'd take I'd that, like, that. Yeah, I'd no. take that. But then you – like every – All three fan bases are going to look at that and think, yeah, that's good. And then one of those fan bases is going to be like, well, shit. At the end of the season. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird weird paradox there. And, uh, you know, one thing that when you have those those groupings, and this is already taken into account by the algorithm, but I like to kind of compare the strength of schedule for the teams uh, in those groupings and Mm -hmm. see who is, like, facing the easiest or the hardest path. And if you look at that group, Florida has the easiest schedule. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh has the easiest schedule. Then the Islanders, then Florida. So Florida actually has the hardest schedule out of that group. Now, none of them are especially difficult. It's like 19th ranked uh, difficulty for Florida, 21st ranked remaining difficulty for the Islanders and 23rd for the Pittsburgh, uh, for the Penguins. But that, sort of gets into maybe why you see that hierarchy of the teams being what they are and why Pittsburgh, you know, even though they're at that 62%, that's the third best of that group is, you know, their, their, their strength of schedule going forward. So uh, that plays a role, especially if you have, um, I don't know, a dozen games left in the season, something like that.
0: Yeah. That's exciting. I don't know. That That, that is a fun, uh, it's, it seems like it's closer than it was in uh, previous seasons that that I've seen uh, as far as unsettled business at the very end of the season.
1: Yeah, I guess last year, well, I mean, the COVID year was really weird. I guess we had like two COVID years. Um, And then last year, um, it did seem like a very top-heavy season. I remember us talking about that where it was very obvious who was going to make it, and you had these sort of crazy outlier top teams. And you have a little bit of that this year with like the Bruins but even they've come back down to earth a little bit by their standards, I guess, uh, in the past, like, you know, month or so. Um, and who knows, maybe some of that is like uh, resting or thinking forward to the playoffs or, you know, trying to kind of get healthy. Um, but, yeah, this year there's a lot more uncertainty uh, after like, OK, the Bruins are really good. We know that. Uh, and They are they have- spooky.
0: They are very, very, they are... <laughs> Just yeah, they're really good. Like, they're crazy.
1: They, I mean, yeah. it really is crazy, and, then and they seem have, to like, only
0: get better at the trade. Like it just it seems. Yeah, like they did get better. They're at the Really trade good. Deadline, they're which really good.
1: Strange. Yeah. Um. They were able to like uh go out. You know, everybody else was like cap. You know, hard capped, and they had difficulty. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you're like, "Oh, Tyler Bertuzzi's on the Bruins. What's that about? <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> it's like that's weird." Um, so yeah, they're, I mean, they're still the scariest team in the league. And I was going to say our friends, the former Hartford Whalers, the Carolina hurricanes, your favorite team, well, <laughs> second favorite team. Uh, I enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're an aficionado at least yes, uh, of the hurricanes. I'd say, you know, on paper, at least they've been the second best team this season. Um, in terms of like, I don't know if you want to look at like winning percentage or or whatever, um, this year. So, you know they're going to have to maybe be on a collision course with the bruins and you could get that but then you get into some like weird teams that are like do we trust these teams like the devils i think the devils are really interesting and maybe we talked about want, them.
0: we talked about them last time i wanted to ask you about them because i think that last time you did also have the same trepidation about like are they legit are they going to perform as well in a playoff situation as they have in the regular i i would love to hear your thoughts on 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 that now uh, with a little bit more data
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they have definitely proven themselves more than, you know, at that time, we were sort of thinking like, okay, are they going to actually keep up this record that kind of out of nowhere, I mean, you know, uh, uh, people had been picking them or thinking of them as being like, they have this talent, they're very young, they could make the leap. But we've said that about other teams, too. We said that about the Red Wings, that they're not going to make the playoffs, the Sabres probably not going to make the playoffs which is actually pretty disappointing um the senators to a lesser degree thinking about them also in that category so you would say like okay having that promise and that potential in theory is nice but it doesn't always work out in terms of making the playoffs uh, much less being one of the best teams in the league the devils have answered that question about whether they can keep up their record and make the playoffs and they're going to make the playoffs, which I think is really cool because they've been on this long drought. And in fact, they have been better winning percentage wise in the second half of the season than in the first half of the season. And they have all these great indicators. Like if you normally you would look at this and be like, man, this team is really dynamite. Like I think they have the, um, they have the second best goal differential per game in the league. Better than Carolina, actually, uh, on the goal differential front. Um, They've been really good in three goal games, which I think is a cool indicator. They're not the second or third best. I think they're fourth best in this in the league. But, um, you know, we've often said that if a team is winning a lot of, like, close games – yeah that's kind of maybe luck and you might put that down to, okay, they've, they've benefited from that. A team like Winnipeg, a team like the LA Kings, those are teams that do better in one goal games than they do in three or more goal games. Uh, Nashville is is maybe the poster child for this St. Louis. Uh, those teams have won a lot more in one goal games than, than big kind of blowout margin games, but the devils are actually better in three goal games than they are in, um, one goal games. And you know who that reminds me of is the Bruins. The Bruins almost never play one goal games, but the Bruins have an 85% winning percentage when the margin for either team is three or more goals. They only have a 58% winning percentage in margin when the margin is plus or minus one goal. That's kind of interesting, right? Because that uh, that I think is a lot more sustainable to, to win those big uh, blowout margin games, and the Devils are in that group. The only thing for me, and I've been doing a little bit of poking on this uh, that I might put on the old Substack, but the um, the Devils they're super young, right? I think they're yeah. the, um, they might be the youngest. No, they're the third youngest team in the league by average age, and they've broken this long drought of not making the playoffs. Uh, I think the team has only made the playoffs um, once in the last, let's look this up because, because it is a fun stat to look at. So this would be, if they do make the playoffs, it would snap a four season drought. First of all, it also uh, end the fact that they had only made the playoffs in one of the previous 10 seasons. Um, But wow. Right. And the last time, so aside from a first round exit against the Lightning in 2018... Hey man, it happens against yeah. the lightning, uh, which was really, you know, it was a five game exit for them in, in 2018. The, uh, the only, the previous time they have made the playoffs was when they went on this totally sort of unexpected run to the Stanley cup final against the Kings in 2012. Uh, and, and they ultimately fell short. I think Marty, Bro- that was like Marty Brodeur's last stand as the devil's, um, you know, main goalie. And, uh, But if you look at teams like that from history that have this pattern where it's like super young team breaking a long drought or, you know, multi-year three plus year drought of missing the playoffs and they improved their record or their goal differential by a substantial amount. Um, I looked at like one or more goal per game improvement uh, versus the previous year. If you look at all of those things, so super young team, Three or pl- uh, three or more year go- uh, playoff drought being broken, and they improved by that uh, one or more goals per game in the season. All those teams, they almost all of them lost in the first round of the playoffs. The oh only- no! Yeah, going back to the original six era, the only team that fit those categories. That didn't lose in the first round of the playoffs was the Hartford Whalers of all teams in 1986. But you look at other teams like the Colorado Avalanche in 2018, that was a team that was sort of like the precursor to almost like they served warning to how good the Avalanche were going to be over the following few years because they had Nathan McKinnon and he was super young and exciting. Maybe he's their Jack Hughes. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they had like the building blocks. You could see the pieces were there, but they weren't ready yet. And so that's why i'm thinking about is like you know the devils obviously i think what sets them apart from that group is that the the goal differential per game number that they ended up on after the big improvement was better than any of the other teams on the list so they're objectively a better team i think than some of these uh, comparable teams but if you just look at the path that they take and the arc of things it might be one of those things where it's like they could lose in the first round, but then they're going to be just a, a handful over the following uh, however mm. many years. And uh, who would they lose in the first round to, dare I ask? <laughs> well, right now, you know, they, they're they slotted in the second spot in the Metro division. So mm. they would play the Rangers your mm. New yes, York Rangers course. who are in the third slot in the Metro um in the first round of the playoffs. And man, is that gonna be a a, a dog fight. Like uh, you know, oh, yeah. the, the Rangers uh were a team that just felt like they went out and they got everybody at the at the deadline that they got. was pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. Everybody who was like hey, you've heard of this guy, and he scores a lot. So, you know, that was those were the criteria, I think, to, to join the Rangers. And the Rangers are really interesting because, you know, I think we we sounded the alarm a little bit about them earlier in the season about, like, Shesterkin is good but not great this season compared with last year where he was, like, just mega elite. It was and excellent. Right. And if you looked at that, you would think, like, okay, well, you know, that might not be a good sign for this team. They, uh, you know, if all you knew was that their Vezina winning goalie was not as good as he was last year and that um, Chris Kreider you know, the guy that scored 50 goals and led the team in scoring wasn't quite scoring at the same pace. They already had a below average offense last year. You would look at that if you only knew those facts about the 2023 Rangers, you'd say they're probably, you know, are they going to reach 500? Are they not going to, you know, uh, they're certainly not going to be as good. They may not make the playoffs. You were going to be questioning whether this is sort of a flop or a regression. Well, you'd be, a thousand percent wrong this team is way better this year than it was last year like they've improved their goals per game differential their offense is way better than it was their defense is down but maybe not as down as you would expect based on how the goaltending has kind of you know come back down to earth a little bit not that it's been bad but it's just like league leading and to me, I mean, that's a fascinating arc of a team because, you know, you add Patrick Kane to that. You add Vladimir Tarasenko to that. You already have this core of guys that's kind of producing. Um, and it, it, I should say it's not like Kreiner has been bad or anything like that. Um, he just hasn't been 50 goals. But like that wasn't in his resume before this this uh, before past season anyway. Um, and so I think it's like a deeper team. Lafreniere is actually like doing some stuff, even though it's maybe like you've given up. It looked bad.
0: It looked bad for a second there.
1: Well, I really do. Maybe you've given up on him ever being. I mean, he's still 21, but I I do think that maybe the the odds of him being like, uh, you know, number one pick caliber talent, scoring wise, especially, is maybe not going to be. Achieved in in his career, or maybe would take like a big departure from the path that he's on. But he's like, you know, solid Capo Caco, yeah. solid. You know, the K Andre Miller, really good defenseman, young defense. He's exciting. Yeah. You, you gotta love, you know, the, the guys that they have on that team and they're not that old either. You know, like Panarin and Kreider are the only guys that are above 30 out of that whole kind of group, uh, that that's driving the bus for them. And then you add in like Kane, he's like 34 and Tarasenko. Um, but yeah, like you, you gotta like the look of that team. And I think it, it, it's probably more playoff ready and deeper and better this season than it was last year, even though they don't have the requisite like hot goal, capital H capital G hot goalie uh, the same way, but like, you know, goaltending is is so fickle, man. So um, yeah, I think that devils, I feel bad for the devils. If they kind of get served up into that, I think, Probably, I don't know who would be favored in that series. You know, I think the Devils are going to have the better record, so maybe they, you know, home ice gets them over the top in that. But um, it's going to be a, a bloodbath, I think, um, in that series. And uh, you know, maybe the Devils could play themselves though into like the best case scenario for them is to play up into the lead of the Metro, so then they can play one of the wild card teams because there's like a huge gap in the East. Uh, and probably West too, Uh, but huge gap between being able to play a wild card versus having to play another team in your division. Cause like the Leafs, I mean, you got to feel bad for the Leafs as well, obviously as always, that's kind of an evergreen thing. But um, you know, these past few seasons, they've just been matched up with a lightning, lightning, lightning again and again, because um, you can't get matched up with somebody different the way that the, the playoff Uh, system is set up with the divisions which is why i think the everybody has made a push and i would love to see this come back go back to the one through eight seeds in each conference and have one versus eight two seven etc you know march madness style like bracket and and get rid of this like convoluted like division thing and then the wild card like come on uh we 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 need a change we don't want the same matchups every year that's that's an interesting call to action. I like that. It, it seems like that's the thing that you
0: could change about the sport and actually not piss off a lot of people. Yeah, which means that
1: uh, Gary Bettman will never do it. Right, of course. No. Um... Uh,
0: in, in fact, just as you thought that he took that idea and decided to move the uh, Montreal Canadiens to uh, I don't know New
1: Orleans. So... Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, they're going to try him in Atlanta for the third time. I saw you know the the mere suggestion that Atlanta would get a third team, uh, a third bite at the apple, whatever (laughs) you want to call it, is uh, pissed off so many Canadian fans who are like, we want our Quebec City back. We want this, that, and the other back. And I'm like, well, on one hand, like, I get it. Well, I'm from Atlanta, so I'd like to see another Atlanta team. Yeah. I don't know how even, well it would do. You
0: can suppress the homerism long enough to know that 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 obviously the best place for the team is Sudbury-Thunder Bay. <laughs> like-
1: oh, well, Sudbury-Thunder Th- Bay deserves like two or three different teams, according to some analysis we've done. But no, I think <laughs> – because um, they were right next to each other. Did you know that? Of course, yeah. Uh, but the um, – no, well – so I understand both sides of it because I do think like they're targeting Atlanta and Houston, allegedly thinking about it. At- it's, ha-
0: it's actually Houston. It's Houston. Oh, it's,
1: it's pronounced Houston. That's how yes. you tell the, uh, that's, how, that's how you tell the out of towners for each other. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think Katz's Deli is on Houston. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, they, they were talking about that and it's like, Okay, not natural fits necessarily. Each one has maybe its uh, flaws. I think you probably could justify Houston more than uh, Atlanta after given the track record of Atlanta. But um, you're you're talking about like two cities that are what are they like top eight in population, top five? I don't even know what they are. But it's like okay.
0: Houston's the fourth biggest city in America now. I think. Yeah, it's, and it's Atlanta's like, it gotta is, be it's like sneaky. top
1: six or something, yeah. you know. So you're talking about okay, you're gonna leave those on the table to move to you know, comparably smaller Quebec city where you're relying on that Canadian strength of that Canadian dollar to kind of drive the financials of that, um, that team. So I understand both sides of it. You know, they said (laughs) we're not thinking about expansion, you know, again soon, because we added two teams in relatively quick succession anyway. So like, we'll see what goes on with that, but I, I could, I would be rooting for, you know, a Quebec city return would be really cool. Like you've got the Nordiques potentially, you know, coming back. Um, but then like Houston, you know, Gordie Howe played in Houston. There's like some hockey, uh, you know, when he was with the WHA. Huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's some history there. And of course the thrashers were absolute dog shit almost yeah. every season of their existence. And they drafted Patrick Stefan number with their first ever draft pick who we probably talked about gave us the most embarrassing moment in hockey history where he was skating in on an empty net at the end of a game where his team was leading uh, by one goal. He not only did not score, but instead he slipped and fell, (gasps) got the puck accidentally backwards in the opposite direction. At this point, the other team, how have we not talked about this? The other team got the puck and then scored before time expired to force overtime. It was, it really was the biggest fail in the history of maybe all of sports, but certainly
0: That's like, like, that's like if you've accidentally like pissed off a witch that happens. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He, uh, he, he invoked some kind of like crazy curse, uh, or something when that happened. (laughs) But yeah, I would encourage everyone to look up Patrick Stefan empty net fail or just Patrick Stefan fail that probably get you where you want. That'll are. get you
0: where you need to go. Uh, you alluded to the Kraken, and yes. obviously that is a topic that we wanted to talk about today because that is a delightful
1: surprise. Uh, it's great. Uh, the, the Kraken kind of this year are everything that we thought they would be last year, which is weird <laughs> because like the analytics sort of predicted that this team would be competitive um, a year ago, and... The the thing that let them down last year was their goaltending was really bad. We went over that, you know, ad nauseum. Pretty extensively, the, yeah. Their goaltending has been bad this year, too. That's what's so crazy about it. It's like their skaters have just been good enough. Uh, and if you look at goals above replacement, their top five in offense, you know, contribution – and top 10 in defense, you know, so sort of separating out the ability to suppress shots and things like that versus um, versus the goaltender's contribution. So fifth in offense, eighth in defense, 31st in goaltending. And you get to 11th in overall goal differential off of that, uh, which I just think is so crazy. Uh, so, you know. That's it's like you mean, always say,
0: goaltending does not matter. It's very predictable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always predictable. That's what you get out of it. Um, uh, and some of that is like they added this really cool rookie, Maddie Beniers, who is twenty and you know is probably going to score. Definitely going to have like a 20 goal season uh, as a rookie, you know, really build on things going forward, but uh, just all the little pieces that we thought would work well last year that didn't have actually kind of come through and, and materialized for them this year. So it's a fun story. And, they're like definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're, uh, they're at. Are they one of our greater than ninety nine percent? No, uh, they're contention? one of the ninety.
0: They're one of the ninety one. They're ninety
1: one. Okay, so, so I take Calgary back. I redact. And- <laughs> I redact what I said. They're not definitely going to make the playoffs. They're just really, really likely. I'm going to keep it in and triple it. So great. Uh, okay, they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the triple down on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess Calgary is like the you know one of the teams that might be able to um, avert that. Out Outcome from happening, uh, but you know they're they're back a fair amount in the um, in the standings, uh, and it's and they've also played one more game as of the taping, so I think that uh, they're probably pretty safe. And Calgary can go through its own recriminations about like what went wrong, why things went off the rails, whether Jonathan Huberto is like a fraud. I don't know, you know what what all you can kind of get into it, but I think heads uh kind of have to roll after a season like this. Um, but you know, like our friend Nazim Kadri, who was so great on the avalanche last year, he hasn't quite been the same. I, I wouldn't pin it on him by far. Mm-hmm. Like it is far from his his fault that this happened. There's a lot of guys that you could kind of point to, but it's like, man, it's disappointing because the Flames last year were a really fun team and it was great yeah. to see that rivalry against the Oilers. You yeah, know, the I bring Co- up a America. broader
0: topic.
1: Yeah, please.
0: Um, what the fuck happens in Canada this year? Like, it looks like they're going to have one, perhaps two teams make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's like t- totally different from last year where we got to see, I think, a, a fair amount more Canadian teams kind of go at it. We got that Battle of Alberta in, I think it was the second round uh, out West. good. It now it's like... So much really depends on like the Jets could still make it, you know. I think they're in a little bit of a um a tailspin, it seems like, uh, you know, so far. Well, oh, like, uh, I'm it, sorry, it's like two or three teams because the Oilers are in, um, but right, it is a- the flames, you know, the flames, if they do make it, it'll probably be at the expense of the Jets, so yeah. you know, they, it, it's like a net you know it's not a net negative but it's also not a net gain for the um yeah. for the canadian teams
0: so probably like, 3 make the playoffs which is still rather low
1: yeah for the for their standards 3 of uh, 7 i want to say you know yeah. they've had years where you know uh, almost all of them make it um and and the leafs you know, so much of it always the the Stanley Cup hopes of Canada always kind of rest on the Leafs, and they always that's why they haven't won a cup. And you know, <laughs> I think we're coming up on third. This is the thirtieth anniversary of the last time that um, you know the uh, the a Canadian team, which happened to be the Canadians, won the cup. Which is it's crazy to think about.
0: Well, Neil, I tell you what; these Leafs look like they're going all the way this year. I could stamp it down, book it.
1: Hey, yeah, uh, didn't we decide that was my uh, rooting interest for the season? Right, yeah. So, you know, that, I guess, means that they're, like, extra doomed. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, the the Leafs, I you know, I, I think we've all given up on predicting what will happen for the Leafs based on the regular season or just based on anything. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of – it's another tough draw if they get the Lightning. It seems like they're not really yeah. going to be able to um, – to worm out of that But the Lightning also Like Dude the Lightning Were also Speaking of teams That were kind of In a tailspin Or people were worried about Until recently They had a Below 500 record In the second half Even now It's still just at 500 yeah. And I don't know What to make of that Because like This is an older team It's um, It's a team That has gone on Like what is it now? Three, four consecutive years of like super deep playoff runs uh, in a row. So you could kind of excuse them for maybe pacing themselves through the season and then see what happens during the regular season. But like, I do feel like you can only do that so much. And by the same token, you look at the Leafs, they do have, we say this every year, but like eventually it has to translate to something where it's like, they do have, like, they check off boxes that you would expect of a team to do well in the playoffs. Like, they have star power, they have depth, they have, you know, solid, it, it's it's not amazing, but Ilya Samsonov has been pretty good in, in, in net this year. I, he hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. Their defense hasn't been horrible, which traditionally has been one of the reasons that, um, that's held them back. Well, they're seventh and shot, you know, seventh fewest shots per game allowed this year. So like at us on a certain level, you're like, what other boxes do the Leafs need to check off before you start to legitimately think that they can actually be a contender. And it's really like, if it wasn't, if it didn't say Toronto, if it didn't have that, you know, uh, Maple Leaf logo on the Jersey, you would like, if you did like a, I don't know, a blind taste test or whatever with, with this team, you would think that they uh, should be, you know, near the top of the list, maybe a tier below the Bruins, but up there with like the avalanche, we don't know about them. You know, maybe you would, you would maybe give them a higher uh, chance than the avalanche. Uh, Certainly more than the, the lightning based on what we are just talking about. Uh, But then you look at it and you're like, there are the Leafs. What do we do with that? They find a way to lose, especially game sevens. If you think about their, their record in game sevens is unbelievable. Like if you think about, so um, they've lost, uh, let's see in the, so in the playoffs, they haven't made it out of the first round since 2004. Now they haven't made the playoffs all those years. They made the playoffs seven times. In that span. Uh And in all seven of those, they've lost in the first round. The in of those seven, though, six have come in a do-or-die game. So five came in game sevens, like proper game sevens, including each of the past two years against Montreal, against Tampa. And then also, if you recall back to 2020, when they lost to the um, Blue Jackets, it was in a game five, but it was a, a do or die best of yeah. five because of the weird COVID setup. So they have lost an unbelievable number of consecutive do or die, like must win games. And, and Neil, you,
0: you and I have talked about this constantly, but you it's typically strongly correlated with winning do or die games and being able to remain in contention for the Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, you do tend to need to win those if you do want to advance. I don't
0: want to get too deep into the analytics. You know, that (laughs) bores the hell out of me personally. But oftentimes it's important to win those do or die games.
1: Yeah, no, I would say like it's a the the correlation is so striking that you might even find that 100% of teams that that 100% of teams that win the cup win their must win games during the playoffs. I
0: think that you got to catch that and have it just be the over 99. Oh, I'm sorry, greater than 99% of teams
1: that yes, no, we can't be that certain in there. But so like (laughs) putting on our analytics hats, we would say like, okay, eventually this, like you're getting into sort of like, are you familiar with Boltzmann brains? Yes. Yes, of course. So like the concept that if given enough time and the infinite nature of space, eventually there will be just out of spontaneous, you know, configurations of uh, atoms, you will form a conscious brain in space that will experience some kind of self-awareness. Just- Inevitably, based on the, uh, the the infinite nature of time and space, well, we're verging into Boltzmann brain territory. With the it's <laughs> like if you put a hockey team that has good players on it into the playoffs enough times, you would think by just the law of probability that sure. eventually that team would at least make it out of the first round of the playoffs. So that's my pitch. That is my if if. Uh, That is the Boltzmann brain hypothesis is now the pitch that we're coming to for the why can't the Leafs win the cup? That being said, I happen to be a subscriber
0: to uh, Unintelligent Design. And uh, I think that every time that a hockey tournament starts, uh, God flips a toonie. And if it comes uh, bare side up, then the Leafs will lose in a non-do or die game in the first round. And if it comes Queen Elizabeth's head up, um, they, will they will lose in a do-or-die game in the first round of it. So, I don't know, these are, we just got to teach the controversy, Neil. That's all that I've, been, all that I've ever <laughs> asked you over the course of this podcast. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, no, I mean, you make a great case. I think that this is sort of like, you know, the... Um, the the Leafs have provided us an argument for some kind of divine uh, designer,
0: but specifically that, not a benevolent god. The opposite. No, our,
1: no. It, you know the AI in "I have no mouth, but I must scream." Very. very that no is. Mouth. That is. That is who is running the simulation for the Leafs and their fans right now. I think. Incredible.
0: <laughs> Amazing. It, it, it is literally Roko's basilisk going back in
1: time. Yeah. Too, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, somehow we got on to that from the uh, Canadian team uh, outlook for the uh, for the Flames <laughs> and the Jets. But, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm curious to see, like, I love the Dallas Stars. We're talking about the West, you know, get, getting back to that. I want to see what they do in the playoffs. They're a cool team. I think I told you to uh, partake of them, you know, if you wanted yes. to see a cool team. Um, and and they're really balanced. I think that was something that I highlighted about them. And they also sc- I, uh they had a game where they scored 10 goals uh, a couple um, – it was a couple weeks ago now. But, like, a 10-goal game is against Buffalo. You don't see that very often. And, in fact, you see that less now – than, like, any previous era in oh. uh, history. Uh, uh, so I think that that just sort of underscores, like, this is a fun team. They got guys that can kind of go off. And I'd like to see them go far in the playoffs. Uh, and they'll probably play one of those two wild card, like Kraken versus Stars. How fun would that be? Uh, uh, or Kraken versus Jets, uh, you know, depending on how the the seedings um Work out for the wild cards. That is exciting.
0: I'll look. And then you got
1: the Avalanche. You know the the Avalanche. Um, they have seemed to have overcome their injuries. You know they're sort of on a um, they, they've sort of load managed through the season, battled through the injuries. They still are going to make the playoffs. They're still a good team on paper. Um, they've lost a lot from the team that existed last year. They still have injuries. It remains to be seen what they're going to do in the playoffs, but they are the Avalanche. And as long as that's true, you got to kind of respect what they can do. Um, And they're going to play the Minnesota Wild uh, in the first round, which is another fun team. We saw them lose in the first round last year to uh, St. Louis. So, like, you know, this this matchup with the Avalanche, uh, if it does happen for them and shakes out that way, could be another kind of test for them. Uh, Going forward, so interesting matchups, I think, in in the West, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the East is is just that unfair bloodbath.
0: That's great. So if you had to pick a team that wasn't the Bruins, the Hurricane, or the uh, Avalanche to go rather deep into this, who would it be? Uh,
1: Oh, yeah, I mean... We've, we've talked about the Leafs. I don't need to expand on them anymore. And we talked about the Ranger. I would be tempted to take the Rangers if not for that Devils matchup. Like, mm-hmm. I think if somehow that could be sort of avoided, but they're pretty far back in the in the Metro standings. It looks
0: like that's faded at this point. I forget what the exact yeah.
1: probability was, but I think that I had seen on the blog, so
0: that was pretty getting there towards a the lock.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um you know if i had to pick a team outside that group i'm kind of, i'll i'll give you one in each um one in sure. each conference so this uh, the stars go back to them in the west i think the stars have potential um to to mount a run i really uh think cool. they're a fun cool team and i i do kind of like you know i i just mentioned the rangers and i mentioned the the matchup with the devils that kind of got the wheels turning to think like maybe take the devils, maybe, yeah. you know, why not the devils except for, like I said, that sort of research about like whether or not this is the year for them to te- dip their toe in the playoff water, maybe get tested against a team like the Rangers and then come back a, a better next year. But I don't see why they can't win, especially if they have home ice um, right away. Cool. So
0: that's a, uh that's two and then do you want to go to the to any, uh, the other, any of the other divisions
1: pacific anybody from there you think could make a run uh, i mean the golden knights are always you know in that mix uh that that you think about i don't buy the kings necessarily i think they're um uh, they're they're just a confusing team uh-huh. uh, i want to say heart of hearts the oilers because uh you you always yeah. want to see connor mcdavid make a run he's having uh just like a ridiculous i mean even by his standards it's a ridiculous season for him um he finally broke the i was surprised by this when it happened he got to 50 goals for the first time in his career uh and with about 12 games left in the season he's at 58 so it seems likely that he's going to get to 60 plus he also has 76 assists so he could break maybe 150 points which is we're talking about like Gretzky in the mid 80s, type of, or maybe late 80s type of territory, uh, with this season that he's having. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I would love to see him. I mean, they went to the conference finals last year, but they got the doors blown off them by the avalanche. Uh, never really had a chance in that. I don't know if they're going to have a chance this year either. Um, they, they have some questions to answer, um, about their goaltending, about their defense as usual, but. Yeah, I would love to see it. I just don't know if it's going to happen for them. Fascinating.
0: All right. That's a fun little pre. Again, like we'll probably do a conversation closer to the start of the playoffs when we actually have the exact rundown and the exact tournament yeah. outlook for this. I think that'd be really We'd fun. I love that. Uh, again, because this is a podcast that really shines in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: we're already growing our playoff beards right now. So, exactly. yeah. Um, at it, I think. Yeah.
0: People can't people can't see us obviously right now because this is an audio medium but I would say that right now you do look
1: like um,
0: lumberjack like what are we going oh yeah like, I do have the yeah. uh,
1: the plaid uh, so it's a little bit of like a you know I'm in I'm in one of the provinces yeah I just got done you know chopping down some trees yeah uh, maybe I'm gonna drink some maple syrup just purely out of that tree later mm-hmm. you, know, you never know what I'm gonna do
0: you never know <laughs> I'm going for Slovenly anyway. Uh, so we, uh, so fun. Anything else? You, you got a little bit hit? of a late
1: career Ed Belfour.
0: Oh, thank you. I've been working my Belf. Yeah. Yeah. No, there we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey man, Ed Belfour, great goalie. You know, maybe uh, once we get done with our twenty uh, part Gretzky mini series, we'll do a uh, uh, maybe a ten parter on Belfour.
0: We have talked about this, that we are not doing anything fewer than 99 parts to our... <laughs> oh, right. Quintonsky it's going to be
1: What if it was 9.9? So basically we do like almost 10 episodes, but then it cuts off early in the middle of the 10th episode.
0: This isn't that bad of an idea because I feel like the back half of every... Podcast mini series, true crime podcast. Okay, but I've talked to you about this. Where like the most frustrating thing about this shit is that half the time, like they don't actually get the goods and they don't solve the crime. Yes. So they didn't spend the last. They episode. string you along, but and then they have to spend the last episode convincing. Like, listen, did we get the interview that we thought that we were going to get? No. Did we solve the crime? No. But honestly, maybe it's a little better this way. Maybe the mystery is, it and was, like they always have to fucking cover themselves. And if it, it was about cut, the friends that we murdered along the way. It always, that's always the moral. And so, like, I just think that if we did a mini series and then, like, had the decency to save <laughs> the time of our listeners by cutting off that last 10% of the final episode, that would be us, you know, just like, you know, discussing the medium and even the facts behind it. it, it like, no, fuck that. It's like,
1: we're, we're going to be honest. We did not get the Gretzky exclusive with <laughs> <Yeah>. Wayne. We <laughs> did, though, get a cameo with Brent. <laughs> so. <laughs> That ought to be
0: very doable, by the yep, way. It should be because again, like I think that all of these, um, all these many other podcasts accidentally end up having to do a Frank Sinatra has a cold. But if we deliberately being like, no, we just want to talk to Brett. We don't actually. We would feel very intimidated to speak to to the great. Uh, oh yeah, so you're
1: like, yeah. No, that it's it's so much more our speed, and then we can do that. We can branch out into other brothers of great players. So like yeah. Brett Lindros, not Ooh. Eric. Ed Belfort's brother, I don't know if he. (laughs) I don't know uh, whether he would, you know, maybe he and Dominic Hoshik's brother were teammates uh, as well, uh, you know, in their (laughs) careers. I don't know.
0: (sighs) Well, anyway, this is obviously forthcoming in uh, summer, something in 2027. But um, sweet. Okay. So, uh, any parting
1: thoughts? I guess, where can folks find you, man? Oh, well, yeah, they can find me at uh, 538. I've also been doing uh, a few posts on uh, my Substack, uh, which is just But So so some hockey on there. We'll probably cross-post uh, the Goons Pod on there as well. That's where I did my little uh, uh, look at the Dallas Stars 10-goal um, output. Ooh. Yeah, no, that's a real fun, uh, you know. If, if Anytime you can dig into uh, – one-off random 10 goal games that were scored against the buffalo sabers in uh early march that's (laughs) content that is content (laughs) i mean i agree uh neilpain.substack.com
0: is a little bit direct might i suggest something like (laughs) github.com slash neilpain538.com
1: slash (laughs) substack slash substack (laughs) <laughs> should I you know, move? you're right. I need to change that. Uh, you've given me a lot to think about here. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, just uh, random musings uh, on there. What about you, Walt? Uh, you yeah, got a book coming out.
0: I do, but I don't know if I should talk about it yet because I don't know if like it's like officially kicked off, but I do. Oh. So you'll hear about it soon okay um, yeah we'll
1: save that uh, well it is it is an unauthorized biography of Brent Gretzky right absolutely I
0: went all the way to
1: uh, the town that he's from and I lived
0: there for the entire past five years uh, I believe that's uh, S- Sudbury Thunder Bay <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I, w- I was obviously in, in, in Thudbury Thunder Bay, and I think it was Thund- there. <laughs> Thunder. And, uh, and I hung out at um, the, the local um, grocery store, obviously, which everybody knows. And now, um, every,
1: now, honestly, though, we do have to correct this. Everyone knows, and you should know as a hockey guy, that Wayne Gretzky is from Brantford, Ontario. Of course, absolutely. You have to uh, have that drilled. I could not even, even as part of a bit, I could not let that, that pass unchallenged in this episode. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um we can make it happen. Uh
1: yeah. So the friend, The trip to Brantford, Ontario. Road road trip to Brantford. Sure. Yes. Sure. Why not? There's
0: a lot to see there. Yes. Faves. Well,
1: like, uh, you know, I mean it's too bad Walter Gretzky, Wayne's uh and and Brent's father, uh passed away recently because well, maybe not that recently. Like in the past few years. Because like, seriously, if you went up there and you found his house you could go there and he would open the door and he would give like just literal strangers off the street that somehow figured out where he lived. He would give you a tour of Wayne Gretzky's uh, childhood home all the trophies downstairs, the place where the the famous rink was in the backyard, it's just like a random little suburban house. And he would yeah. he would give that tour. How cool is that? I mean, that is like one of the more Canadian things that's that you can very, think of. Yes.
0: I don't think that they would do that in, in New York City. But um, I think that's a really good thing about Canada where apparently that's just uh, doable. But, yeah, I don't think
1: LeBron James's mom is going to be giving you a tour if you go to Akron. Of it, well, uh, if you watch something. the
0: forthcoming film from the twisted mind of Ben Affleck and also Matt Damon about oh, how Jordan. Michael Jordan was seduced to join Nike, uh, my understanding is that's what happened. Uh, mm.
1: But Well, it was a different time. I mean, you know.
0: Who, who could forget when sneaker salesmen were roaming the country, knocking on random doors, inquiring about the athletic abilities of those within.
1: Oh, <laughs> what a time that was. Well, now instead of those uh, those <laughs> those players being, like, you know, 23 or something, now they're, like, 5. Yeah.
0: So yeah. it hasn't changed that much. Yeah, that it, was just agents going around talking about, like,
1: name, image, license for, for, for like, 10-year-olds. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then bro. that's, you know, Connor Bedard. Where's his... Uh, NIL. I actually haven't seen anything about, it. I, I don't think it really applies when you're like a Canadian, you know, junior hockey, like that's its own whole weird world. We'll, we'll yeah. probably have to do an episode on that about like the whole, like, hey, send your 12 year old kid off to live with random families that you never met before. We talked
0: about it a little in the past. Yeah. We talked about it with um, with Jake LaHutt, friend of the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then... But I also had a question for you that I potentially would like to talk about next time if this teases anything. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, looked, I, you know, I, I was researching the air a little bit, but uh, I read an article recently in Sportico about how sports athletic gear is suddenly potentially an interesting business because team sports are rising again. And it alluded to a Nike acquisition of Bauer that mm. was described in words that could only be described as catastrophic and apocalyptic for the entire <laughs> sports athletic wear industry. Um, where basically it, it failed so hard that none of them ever became contenders for being bought again, and I would love to potentially talk to you about like you know, what if you're the only game in town on hockey pads? Like you know, do you even need to sponsor anything? You know,
1: yeah, at, at all the brands that we loved growing up were like bought by either Reebok or Nike. It feels like so. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a dive on that next time because turning- I want. My CCM jerseys.
0: Yeah. Joining us as well, obviously, will be FTC Chairwoman Lena Kahn talking about the ossifying effect of um, mergers and acquisitions and their, and their degrading effect on free markets. I wish.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll send an email. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, what's the worst that she can do? Say no? Yes.
0: No, she could also invest, investigate us for um for an, a trust in which we recommend each other's sub-stacks too much. And, and as a result, we are an illegal monopoly.
1: On, oh, no. On, on, on cool well, thought. And we also do have uh, a monopoly on goons-based hockey podcasts. Oh, and also semi-annual uh, hockey podcasts.
0: Yes, this market is ours. Stay away from it. We will use yeah. our market for
1: Don't you make two podcasts a year. What
0: do you think you're doing? <laughs> You make that third podcast. Nobody needs to listen to more than two podcasts a year. This is a well-known fact. (laughs) All right. I'm Walter Hickey. Bye.